BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. If you love beauty as much as I do, you're going to be obsessed with Curator's latest launch, the Gold Curation. These limited edition boxes are perfect for those who want to treat themselves to a little extra indulgence. I curated the first edition with ultra luxe beauty products that will pamper you from head to toe, literally. The gold curation is valued at over $800, but I'm offering it to you for only $250. They're so close to selling out. So hurry and get yours by heading to curator.com slash gold curation. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-U-R dot com slash gold curation. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Zoe, and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating the most extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their most incredible journeys to the top, all while staying glamorous. Today with me, we have the incredible beyond impressive founder of Love Shack Fancy, I'm sure you've heard of it, the powerhouse that is Rebecca Hessel-Cohen. Rebecca is a born and raised, true and true New Yorker and was really surrounded by fashion her entire life. She started her career as a fashion editor in New York and was inspired to start her brand Love Shack Fancy after she designed bridesmaids dresses for her wedding. She is truly one of the most incredible fashion entrepreneurs. And I'm so excited for you to all listen to this episode. I could talk to her for hours. And I think what really comes through is her passion for her brand, for her customer, and really her dedication to her work and really seeing it be the success that it is. Climbing in heels, you know, it's funny because it does literally pertain to you. Yeah, but I many love it. Of the I'm women... like, it's my favorite, favorite name ever. <laughs> climbing in heels. I'm always, always. Are you always in? Are you always in heels? Always, always, always. But but ninety percent of the women I've had on here, 
do not wear heels. And they're like, but Rachel, does it matter if I don't wear heels? And I'm like, no, it's, it's very tongue in cheek because it's really about the journey to get to the top, all while embracing the sort of best things about being a woman. Right. Yeah. And, and for you, you know, it's funny because we've become friendly more recently through mutual friends, but I very clearly remember meeting you like when you first opened, I think the store in Sag Harbor. And, you know, I want to first go back to the beginning for a minute, because I think it's very important to talk about like who you started as in life, like who you were, what kind of kids you were. And I think as a mother, as you raise your girls, I'm sure you sort of look at them like, who are you going to be? Like, what are you doing? Like, where, like where, you know, like, and everything you say and do, you probably feel like, oh my God, what's this doing to her? Is this going to help her? Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, so you grew up in New York city. Grew up in New York city. Yes. So you are like a born and bred New York York city girl and daughter of a fashion. Yeah. So my mom was the creative director at 17 magazine for like over 20 years. She started there actually in 1968, which is crazy. So, and then, um, yeah. And then, so she was there and, uh, during it's like heyday of full on, you know, she was finding all of the up and coming actresses, the model, like really, really just hands-on in all of that. So I grew up in the fashion closet, the beauty closet, and then so many of her first assistants then grew on to be fashion director and then fashion director yeah. of Vogue, you know, beauty director of Bazaar or wherever it was. So those were my role models all growing up. And like, and I'm an only child. So they were basically like my sisters, um, you know? That's wild. Wait a minute. So I don't know if you know this, but my one and only job was at YM Magazine. Oh, no way. Which at the time was the compete to 17, right? Exactly. 17 was better, way better, to be honest. 17 was great. I mean, it was like during the whole, so yeah, it was really like very revolutionary and very much putting girls like, you know, in their teen, in their teens on yeah. the on the cover. So I remember Alicia Silverstone when she was first on yeah. the cover. It's like Catherine Heigl. Yeah. And then it was also the couples. Um, it was, you know, so it was really the sisters, Chrissy and Nikki Taylor. Like it was, and then I had yeah. every magazine. I mean, even the Vogue's my favorite, like all over my wallpaper growing up. I was just upset, magazine obsessed. But see, it's interesting because I did that also. And I think, and I didn't grow up in that in the traditional sense. Like my mom was definitely a fashion person, but never employed in that way. Like if she ever knew what a stylist was, that would have been her job for sure. But I think, but it's interesting because what I do find having daughters and what I find so fascinating about you and your daughters, and also as we talk about it, you with your mom, as you know, that can go one way or another, Right. right? Like as the child of fashion, you can very often, it happens where they hate it. Right. They like push it away. They don't like it. They don't want any part of it. They, whatever, or you live and die for right. it, which clearly happened to you yeah. is clearly happening to your girls. Yeah. Yeah. I just love, I mean, I think it was like the photo shoots, the yeah. event, you know, everything, the glamour, of, yeah, it. The glamour <laughs> of it. It was just, it was all fun and it was very much like the storytelling and it was I mean, I remember every night my mom worked so hard. She would come home, 
even at like eight o'clock, I would sit there, I would edit through, you know, that was when it was like the film printed out. Of course, we would circle our favorite oh, photos. We would, yes. I would help her. She always asked my opinion and I always ask my daughter's opinion. So I think it's just something that's, you know, a very much a part of me since the beginning. And you want to get there. You want to get their point of view because they have a different perspective. And yes. I'm so, you know, interested in what the younger girl's perspective is as well. So. Yes. And it's so fascinating. And I say this to you all the time. I mean, Love Shack Fancy, I have so much to say about it, but I but I want to understand. So you grew up in New York City, you went to Spence? No, no. I went to Nightingale and then I went to Riverdale. Went to Nightingale. So I went to All okay. Girls and, and then, then I went to Coet. Yeah. Okay. And then at what point did you go to college? So I went to college as a freshman. I went to Skidmore okay. College and then I went, I okay. transferred to NYU after a year okay. because I was like okay. ready to get back into the yeah. hustle and bustle. And I had always been you know, I actually thought I wanted to study journalism. They didn't have a journalism department there. And then I ended up just doing English literature, dramatic literature, art history. But I was always working. Like I started interning in when I was, I think, 14. I worked in mm -hmm. every magazine every summer during the years. L. I worked for Ann Slowey. I worked for Gloria Baum at yeah. Teen Vogue. I worked for everyone. Wendy. Clerman at, at um, Vogue, who now works with me. And so all of these girls were so incredible who had worked with my mom as well. Some of them had worked with her. But, and then I just was, I mean, it was literally every internship I could possibly get my, and I was ready to go. So I think when That's, I came back to New York, I was like college, even just a, a real more traditional college experience for me for one year going to the bar. I was like, I had enough. And so I wanted to be in New York City where I could also- yep work and learn and um you know just get my hands dirty like I really started I really started freelancing and interning as much as I possibly could during college it's the best because you know it's funny I talk about college a lot it's a common thread on this podcast because I would say more than half of the women that I've had on either didn't go to college some barely graduated high school wow. um someone someone all the way and then, you know, but I do believe your education in no way defines you, right? right? And I and I really stand by that. And I do think, you know, for me, I went to college, the whole thing. If my parents had given me a choice to work or go to college, I probably would have gone to work because I was the same. I yeah. was like ready. I wanted to work. So, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I do think you grow up in college. At least I did, right? And I think... Um, but I, I will say that I learned more in my first six months of working than I learned in four years at college. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's a really important thing to talk about because I think that fires in you mm -hmm. from day one, right? Yeah. And I think that at what point, so like after all that, you did a million internships, right? So you're clearly this like born fashion girl. Yeah, you have an incredible work ethic. And then what happened? Were you like, okay, so then you became an editor, right? Yeah. So then, I mean, I did everything though. I also worked at like Sony recording studios. I did an internship in the creative services department where it was like Eve and the Rough Riders. And I worked from, my shift was 10 PM to 2 AM. And I would bring them like anything they wanted, like whatever Chinese, food, whatever, you know, they were in the, it was whole, the whole record. Like I loved that music, music aspect too. I was freelancing even for some um, more celebrity music stylist mm -hmm. at the time. 
And then I was, and I worked at BBDO advertising. Like my mom definitely wants, she wasn't wow. the one pushing me to work. How did we not know movie. each other I well know, at this time? It's why well, you were like, go, I mean, you were insane. I mean, I was like watching you go and go and go. Literally I was ru- the assistant running in the heels everywhere around. And then, um, and so I worked everywhere. I got my first job working for Susie Olive Sports at Glamour doing the we Love did like Susie. the morning shows and the glamour makeovers and all of that. Oh my God. Um, and then, you know, she was my camp counselor. No way. At Bryn Mawr. She was. That's how I know. Oh Susie. my. She was like my color war lady, uh, literally. Wait, I love <laughs> that's how that. I met her. And, and actually, then I Susie saw her. told me, yeah, she, and she said, you are always to wear high heels. You are always to pick up every little like piece of dirt or hair on the floor and never think that anything is like below you, even in your heel, you know? And that was, I remember it so well. I've literally never took my heels off ever since then. Do you see how that impacted you though? Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It's so funny. Oh my That's God. crazy. So, That's and then amazing. I worked for her and then I, I got a job as an associate fashion editor at Cosmopolitan where I was like the assistant to the fashion director okay. and then kept on, you know, and so I did all the um, shoots. I did the fashion stories, beauty. I did, mar- I covered some markets. And then I just realized, yeah. And then I just, I loved it. I always wanted to be in magazines. It just was the, at first I didn't know, did I want to write? Did I want to, which side? Um, but, and then that's where I ended up. And Cosmo at the time was just fun. You know, it wasn't too serious oh, yeah. fashion. It was just oh, like yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was fun. And also, like I always talk about those days in fashion, it was so different because it was like boot camp. Any yeah. job you had at these magazines was like make $5 and yeah. work 24 seven. Right. And if you screwed it up, it was basically there was a hundred girls waiting for your right, job. Exactly. And you so, felt so lucky to be there. <laughs> and it was like such a bond yeah. with everyone. It was like this was. very fun, like club that you were a part of, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, it was, the best. it was amazing. So then at what point is there this moment where you're like, I'm now crazy enough to start my own so, line? So it all started <laughs> when, you know, so I was working to traveling all the time, doing photo shoots. I was doing, um, then I became a senior fashion and beauty editor. And then I did a lot of the cover shoots there. So I was like back and forth from LA or traveling to wherever it may be. And then I designed, I um, couldn't find bridesmaids dresses for my wedding. So I looked all over and um, I I decided, I was like, okay, I'll just make my own. I I found a seamstress in New York, a pattern maker. I found this, like the idea that I wanted these beautiful, ethereal, but sexy dresses. You know, I felt Mm -hmm. very much because I was such a storyteller and I still am such a storyteller, the dresses, you know how it is. It's like the whole vision of it. Like it has to go with my dress, has to go with the tent, the flowers, and the dresses need to be perfect. And the girls need to look stunning and they need to feel amazing and they need to be, you know, have a vibe and like have this beautiful cascading like silk dress. So I just designed this one halter dress that you could twist and tie and the girls could wear it more umpire and you know or they could do it like lower and more like halston-esque and cool yeah and just depending on their body elastic and then we i had the wedding everyone was like dying over these dresses then i wore one of my i borrowed one of my bridesmaids dresses to wear to a friend's wedding 
two weeks later, nice. was like, this is the best dress I've ever worn. Oh and then I decided to make some. I was like, I need this dress like to wear to the beach over a bathing suit. I need, I want to wear this dress just to like, you know, surf lodge and Montauk. And so I just started making these dresses and then everyone asked for them. So I decided to sell them. I did little trunk shows, pop-ups with Joey Wolfer uh, yeah. at the vineyard. I did little pop-ups all around blue and cream. Um, and then they would just sell the dresses. You know, I had a limited edition and then they would be gone and sell that. So I did that for about, and I was literally like, had the dresses, would make them in the garment district with the sample room, put them in the back of my cart, roll them up into a little knot and then drop them off. And, and I was just like, that was this little side project that I was doing. And then sometimes if I couldn't find a shoot, a, you know, a dress for a cover, I'd make one. I was like, oh, Lady Gaga. I mean, we never really, once we actually So you were still it, working. I was still working. So you were still working yeah. and you got married. And got married and I was just like going. the most stunning wedding ever. Oh, thank Where'd you. you get married? At my parents' house in Bridgehampton. So at my family's, um, you know, like surrounded by apple orchards and this like old farmhouse we had. Um, we had a, a tent in the back and then, and still there, like it's where we do all of our photo shoots, the garden, the Arbor Aww. is still there that we got married under. And so it, this is very much like a hub of everything that we do. And in this house, it was, you know, my mom always bought so much vintage. I grew up like as a full, you know, just piles of laces and vintage dresses and Wardian <laughs> you know, Victorian, everything you could imagine all around. So that was kind of this like central place that where I spent all these, all my summers. And that was like my happy place. And how'd you get the name? How'd you get the name? So originally my mom was actually trying to think, she was always hand dyeing dresses. So then we started hand dyeing dresses because she, we would say, oh, uh, this is like, feels too perfect. It needs to feel more mm -hmm. lived in. It needs to feel more washed out, like sun faded bleach. We would... So we started dyeing these dresses, um, these halter dresses, and my mom had this huge collection of vintage slip dresses, which she had pro like previously wanted to make, create a website before websites were even really a thing. She wanted right. to do a little uh, prop styling, vintage, you know, sell her vintage dresses, hand dyed, and she was coming up with a name. She had this sign that she used to put, used to help her friends when they moved into rentals and it was like ugly furniture yeah. and she would throw her yes. vintage fabrics over it. And two, like twice, she put up a little sign that was called Love Shack. She, you know, she wasn't working at the time, but always, she's like us, like always working. So she had this little name Love Shack. She's like, it's kind of cute for this website. And then there was a photo shoot with Red Magazine and all British Magazine. Everyone was like, oh, I fancy that. I fancy the saying the word. Like, and she said, that's just so it. It's the love shock, but it has that. I love that word and name. And it's also this juxtaposition of something that feels, you know, perfectly imperfect. It's the, you know, chandelier. It's the gold jet with the little chip paint. It's yeah. just like yeah. the raw edges. It's the sun bleached. And so that name, then she never did anything with it. And then when I was trying to think of a name, this like love shack fancy sign had been around and she, and I was, I just came back to it and I was like, that's just it. This is so love shack fancy. Um, so that's how we came up with the name and dyeing the dresses, you know, doing all this. And then I decided, so I was still working at Cosmopolitan and then that's when I decided to, I was actually on a trip to, you know, I was in Saint-Tropez. I was introduced to Lisa Marie Fernandez on the beach yeah. and we were hanging out talking and she's like, you know, and I was like, I feel a little like magazines are just changing. Fashion's changing. Mm -hmm. I'm not challenged anymore. I have this little line that I'm doing on the side, but I need to start to put 
more energy into it if I want to make it anything and sell to start. She's like, just go for it. I'm like you. I was in magazines. I'm a stylist. I started my line. It's just, you just have to go for it and just try it. So mm-hmm. then after, which is scary, yeah, so which scary. is very scary. I mean, it was the scariest thing. I was so <laughs> emotional about it. I remember going back to the office. I went to Kate White, my editor in chief. And I mean, I was like crying. Yeah, I was legend. emotional. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I have no idea why I'm doing this, but I just feel in my heart that I want to give it a try. And mm-hmm. at that time I was already starting to shoot. It was like bloggers were coming around and I was doing, you know, it was fashion was definitely shifting. So, and you weren't pregnant yet, right? I you wasn't pregnant. So have, I then right, resigned right. from Cosmopolitan. She's like, you always have a place here. You can always come back. Just give it a try. So I want to talk about that though, for one second, before we move on, I want to talk about that. Cause that's something I really like to not skim over on the podcast is how important it is to not burn bridges yeah. in your career. But more importantly, if you're working in the right place and you're in a supportive place, I think a lot of mistakes that women make, myself included, is you don't leave. And yeah. you don't leave because you're worried. You're like, A, you're scared, of course, but you're also like, oh, they're going to be so upset. I'm going to be blacklisted. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. There is a difference in leaving and saying, hey, I'm going to try this new venture. I want to launch my own clothing line, like whatever. Then like in the magazine world, as many people don't understand, going directly to a competitor to like, right. because you got a higher title and whatever. It's never that you leave somewhere. It's how you leave somewhere. Yeah, I agree. And you never know that you will be working with people for a lifetime in different capacities. And yeah. if you leave in the right way, you will always have that door open yeah. and that support. But if you don't, it's, it's, it's just, it, it never, it never stops hurting. Right. You, I you know? Yeah. So Good. So good move. Yeah. Great support and love. Okay, great. So, and then that's what I did. And then I, I thought, oh, I can freelance style for a little bit. I can consult and I'll start this line, see what, what works. And, you know, then learned how to, but I had no idea. I didn't even know what a sales showroom was. I didn't know what's the point. How do you get your clothes? I mean, into a store, how do you really produce all of this? Like, so I was starting from the beginning. (laughs) And then I was pregnant with Charlotte, my daughter, my first daughter, who's now 10. So I basically was putting the line together. It was going to be like an eight, eight or 10 piece capsule collection of like effortless pieces that never go out of style. I was like, I'm not getting into that world of fashion where you have to keep making patterns and how do people do that and get into that cycle? I mean, now here we are like, you know, as always, um, we spoke about that before, but (laughs) And so that was the idea. It was just about, so I designed our ruffle mini skirt that year. I hired this amazing freelance designer to work with me. She taught me everything. She introduced me to a freelance production girl in New York City. We, you know, produced there. And then, so I designed the ruffle mini skirt and then. Wait, are we talking about the ruffle the mini ruffle skirt? Mini the, skirt. The, the one that the, every girl yes. in middle school exactly. and every the age ruffle, is wearing. The iconic literally. ruffle. Yes. And it took me like months and months i worked on this skirt literally it was like had to be perfect and i had a collection of hundreds uh, my outfit was like high heels a uh, mini skirt and like a blazer uh-huh. i was i maybe wore like a vintage e at the time like that was my my style mm-hmm. or a leather jacket like wasn't so pink because pink right. really started mostly a like a, in a huge way when i had daughters um uh-huh. I was, and so, but I was always in skirts and I always, I just had the hugest collection of, of mini skirts. 
And so that's really where that was when this, this um, style was created, which is still like our best selling and like cult. So your mini skirt is like my caftan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Always like the go-to and what I'm, yes. And someone asked me this morning, like, what do you wear every day there? I'm like, a caftan. Yeah. I just wear a different a caftan, caftan every, every day. freaking yeah, exactly. day. That's just you what I wear. But, but I, I think like. I should ask you for I some think... of them. We need some caftans, actually. We really <laughs> okay, well, do. Let's, yeah. Let's talk about yeah. it. Let's talk about it. We're going to collaborate yeah. on that. Um, but I think, you know, it's interesting. And I think, you know, your brand, and I said this to you, I think, last summer at your dinner. Coming, you know, for me, having been in the industry for a really long time, I mean, you're not that far behind. You have quite a history. And I think, you know, I've learned all sides, right? I mean, there's still more sides, I'm sure, that I don't know. But I think that one thing that I think nobody knows, unless you've done it, is that having a clothing line is by far and away one of the hardest jobs yeah. in the industry. And it's, it's for a myriad of reasons. It's, it's, it's for a myriad of reasons. But that said, having done it, having hundreds of friends successful and not so successful in it, um, luxury and all price points, I know how hard it is. I've done it. And to watch you just like at the top of your game after 10 years and sort of stay true to the brand is to me the hardest part of all of it, because in the world of clothing and manufacturing and doing the thing, yeah, you know, especially when you're in retail, it's incredibly difficult to please everyone, yeah. right? And I find that the most commendable thing to me from the outside and also a bit on the inside is that you've never veered from what the brand is, right? Like maybe a little bit here and there, more pink, more right, this, right. more whatever. But ultimately you are this brand, right? You are. And I can say that from experience. Every dinner, right. every tablecloth, every flower, every place card, every napkin at a seat mm -hmm. says the brand. Yeah. And, and the reason that that is so impressive is because I remember when I first became friends with Mark Jacobs, and it was a hundred years ago. And I remember that we talked about a brand and what it means. And I did an interview at the time with like a big publication and they said, what is brand success? And I said, brand success is when a stranger who doesn't know you can look at something, whether right. it's a lamp, a, yeah. a bag, whatever, and say, that's Mark Jacobs right. or that's whoever. Yeah, and you are at a point right now where, and have been, where I'll look at something and go, that's Love Shack. Right. Like that's Love Shack. Yeah. That's her brand. Yeah. And so it's interesting because to me, that's the gold medal of this business. And, you know, there's not that many that have wanted that. And so I think it's hard work. I think it's, authenticity first and foremost, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and I think you just, you are what you talk about. You Thank are you. what you design. And I'm watching all these girls and all these women from ages like six to like 60 yeah. wearing Love Shack. Yeah. And it's like, that's the dream, right? Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. Right. The generation, I mean- <laughs> yeah. The generational thing is really amazing. And it definitely, I mean, it, it didn't, it started off as like just these timeless pieces at, you know, and I started, I, I launched, I guess I was what, 31. So at that stage of my life, and that's when I started to make then the girls clothes when I had a daughter. So every, yeah. that's when I started to do the tablecloths because it's like, oh, yeah. I want this dress as a print. And I would cut up the fabric and then put it on the table. And then through social media, everyone would say, you know, that's really how I also got so much of the feedback because Mm -hmm. it was very much like, you know, showing my world and what I was doing in the most organic, like authentic way. And then saying, oh, well, I want to buy that. It was like, oh, you want to buy this? Oh, great. Then we should make it. You want to have the napkins. You want to also buy this little, little flutter sleeve dress. You want to do... And so that's really how everything has evolved, I think. And then generationally, all these moms were buying, well, now moms were buying the dresses and then their daughters were taking, or the skirts, and then their daughters would take the skirts and then the daughter, then it became this cult thing, which I didn't even realize until I opened that store. I think also the difference between having this, a wholesale business, the first five years was just wholesale. So it was selling in department stores and other yeah, you know, boutiques and not really having that connection. And then also being so controlled by the retailers and doing yeah. what they thought was, and they, but you know, they were never buying anything that I loved and it, they were never telling a story of the brand and it would be so frustrating. So that is the thing. Yeah. And that is, that's the part that I got really stuck yeah, on. I mean, it's and, like crazy. You know, I, it's just like, so it's, we only want purple. We only want stripes. We only want this. Right. And I'm just like, yeah. And then you're like at the mercy for them, but then it's hard because you know what works for your brand and your customers yeah. and they're trying to think what works for theirs. And so that's why I really think, you know, the most important and pivotal moment for sure was when we opened our first store in Sag Harbor, because it really was, I had no idea about anything in retail. I had no idea what was going to work, but it was just my dream to have one little shop where I could just show everything and yeah. it was like all, tell all your the, story yeah and tell the story and you know in that one little store i i said oh well my story is so vintage inspired so i'm going to have some of the original vintage that inspires the collection and then i'll source i sourced all the furniture and then i bought different independent designers from all over you know and had them use some of our fabrics and make handmade dolls with them or you know embroidered pillows from senegal or wherever it may be and so it was really like this little curation of everything with yeah. Love Shack Fancy as the collection. And that was really the pivotal moment when, and then when we opened those doors and I saw all these like teenagers and 10 year olds and grandmothers. And I was like, yeah. how do you even yeah. know about Love Shack Fancy? And so yeah. that was really when I started to understand who the customer was. And I had to, you know, my girls were probably one and a half and three or something at the time or Mm -hmm. like a little bit older um so that was really like connecting to that customer and and understanding what he wanted and then reinforcing what i wanted and what was working were you scared oh my god it was the scariest thing i mean i worked on that i had died opening a store yeah i was so scared but i had no idea what i was getting myself into at all and it was very much like a family thing my mom was helping my best friend dean who's also a photographer was like changing over the bricks in the second room it's like the little you know captain's house on in sag harbor the old house john who was our landlord the nine he's 90 years old he sat on his porch he's like rebecca you could do whatever you want just make sag harbor beautiful again 
and um, he was so sweet and I had no idea I was so scared that no one was going to come and then when we opened of course is in that the thought yeah of course Who's coming and everyone's going to judge and no one's going to like it and no one's you know and then we opened the doors and it was like as tired of spills and stains on your sofa wash away your worries with Annabay. Annabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices that's right. Sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric. Cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California 
and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic.
if it was like a like they ransacked the I mean I was in the stock room trying to read and I had no idea the sizes were wrong the, you know I didn't understand right, how course. any of it worked and honestly I had like a huge panic attack after like because I realized that that like this was this there's something like, it was real yeah, this and, is and real. like my and and my brand is and out I had there no in real idea. life for people to touch and I yeah, had no idea terrifying. what I was doing like I hadn't built I hadn't I didn't have the proper team in order to yeah. move forward at the time so you know I was for gonna me, ask you that yeah how many people did you have at that point working Not for that, you roughly I mean I probably had like probably had like 10 people maybe right but no, no one who really knew right how to run a store I didn't even know what like operations was I knew I needed like a store manager like all these things I really was very much learning in the thick of it and then realized okay, this is who I need to hire. You know, then I realized, okay, now this slowly, and I'm still learning. I mean, we're still putting together the the proper team of like, you know, hopefully the best of the best and understanding that you really need to let go and have incredibly talented people as part of your team to run those, you know, to be the experts and go with it. So that was a huge, scary, it was like the scariest, that summer was intense. Like I, you know. And you had young kids. I had young kids. You had, I, I remember to... going into the store. I remember the first time and they, by the way, they were so sweet. Yeah. Like I remember walking in and being like, I just like walked into a dream. Yeah. Like it was like, yeah. you know, it's funny because I was talking to someone about this the other day. I'm like, people think of me as being very girly, but I'm not so girly, uh, I, I, different ways. And what's funny about Love Shack is that like, it, it it's almost like I'm in love with it now. Like, right, it's, it's so almost cute. like I now, but like, what I mean is that I get it. I get it right. and I love it and I appreciate it. And whenever you send me like pictures of like, pick something if you wanna wear something, right. blah, blah, blah. It's like, I immediately I'm like, zoom, this one, right? right. And then I put it on and I feel just like myself in this very kind of feminine, but vintagey way, almost like I'm in a movie a little bit. Right. Like it gives me a little bit of like a movie set vibe. Yeah. Um, like, like an old story, you yeah. know, but modern. Yeah. But I think, so I want to talk about that. So how many stores do you have now? So now we have 17 stores. Um, yeah. So, which is amazing. Crazy. We opened, my heart just dropped to my it's feet. like nuts. And I mean, but, and that was never the plan. That's it's incredible. Thing. We were never like, oh, we're going to open 17 stores. We had, I was just so happy with the Better one. And then that cute little one, I, I was like, then we live in the West village. So there was a little sweet shop that used to be the old club Monaco that, oh, that was available. So we took that bleaker street shop. You, you know, that was when I was like doing the windows and I wanted each one to be able, each store at the time, I needed to be able to like walk or drive like super close so I could be there. And I spent so much time in those two stores. And then we opened Palm Beach. Um, and then that's when, and then COVID happened. And so since 2020, we've opened um, 14 stores, which is crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was so like, how did you survive COVID? And I also want to talk about Todd when, because we've talked about this too, but yeah. I think it's a very important part of the conversation to talk about for better, for worse. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, but so like, 
Okay, so I'm also obsessed with the one in London. I just want to say that because oh, I feel you. like that's sort of the dream. Yeah. Um, but okay, so you and Todd have been married how many years? We've been married 13 years and we've been together 20, 20 years since I was 21 and now I'm 41. Oh my God, so you're like me and Raj, right? Okay. So he was not working with you. Right. And when he was not working. He's a real estate guy. He's a real estate developer, hence all these stores, you know, so that's how. Which is beautiful. That was like, okay, you know, he helped me open the first one by obviously like negotiating the deal and making sure I was not going to be in a position where we were going to spend too much rent and do, you know, get ourselves in a bad situation. And so it's always been very strategic in terms of finding the right size for what we can do for our sales and you know, what all the the finances that go into it. And then what happened was 2020, we had like one, we had the lease sign actually here in our Melrose store, which we had found. I Mm -hmm. always, I love, love Melrose place. And those two leases were already that those were happening no matter what. Right. And those we opened right. that summer of 2019 was here. Oh like it was God. like during the like the riots. Like we still had I hadn't seen those doors until like six seven months after they opened because I couldn't be here. Um, right. Then the other stores became available because there were they dropped the rent so much. So. You right, know, the, like amazing stores. Like we opened in Austin, we opened in Dallas and Highland Park Village, Charleston, all these other incredible retail opportunities just started to, you know, Todd really took all like a, a really, he's a real estate guy. He's a risk taker. So he saw, you know, he was helped really handling all these negotiations, landlords, finding the best deals and really focusing in on what were the key, um, the key opportunities to open love shack stores which is also such a gift by the way because it's like that's one of the huge hurdles of opening stores is like not knowing how to navigate that process getting stuck in endless rents and overpaying and exactly getting spaces that are too big for like a bigger footprint than you actually want that makes sense so like that's actually a huge 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 plus yeah and huge so, and so you really, really thrived in COVID weirdly, like, cause most businesses did not, yeah. unless they were like pajamas and right. sweats. Well, that was the, <laughs> well, so we pivoted to like making many more pajamas, sweats. Like right. we had all right. these fancy dresses that obviously weren't selling that we right. had start. And right. then wholesalers, they canceled their orders just like they did for everyone. And they were like, you know, no one was making new seasons and it was almost, you know, we were starting to work on our summer collection. And that's when so many brands said, okay, we're actually just going to sell the past season and not go forward. And actually we continued to produce and to design and we did everything like out of my house in Sagaponic. Then we got another house for the design team. We just like, we had to just keep going. We sold online, we sold our stores virtually live. And then also our Southern stores, we had started to open Southern stores. So we opened all that. We opened Dallas, we opened Austin. Uh, Charleston, um, Nashville, all these stores, and then just really shifted what we were designing and, and creating based on what, you know, started doing many more like house dresses that you could wear, like yeah. these like easy cotton. Yeah. And, um, and so the design elements shifted. We shifted much more to this like direct to consumer because our website yeah. was doing really well. We we're opening the stores and wholesale I, you know, we were before, before COVID, we were 70% um, 
um, wholesale to 30% direct to consumer. And now we're 30% wholesale, 70% direct to consumer. Stop yeah, it. So that like real, and that was like a huge That's shift. Sick. So That's sick. That is so amazing. That's that's like the dream. Yeah, I mean, so, that, because that's also a lot of repeat buy. Right. That's a lot of yes. like people are like, I love the brand. What's new? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, yeah. You know, and I think so. How, okay, first of all, what is your most successful area? Like, which, what's your best store? Do you have Palm one? Be Palm Beach is our best store. Palm Beach. Yeah. Palm Beach. <laughs> everyone goes through Palm Beach. Like, e everyone is goes through Palm Beach. And which is amazing because girls really go and travel to each different destination. And so whenever I'm talking to anyone, they're always like, oh, I just Love went to go store. visit your Palm Beach store. Or I went, um, Madison Avenue is actually amazing. Um, Cause we have such just like a loyal customer base there. And it's on the Upper East, I mean, it's on 80th and Madison, but it's just yep. incredible. Um, and then we have Dallas, Highland Park Village. And so, yeah, but Palm Beach. Do you just die? Like, so, okay, so this is what I wanna know. So. As you're expanding and I'm watching you expand and I'm watching you grow and like your perfect formula. And I know it's ever changing. There's no perfect formula and you follow. But one thing I do know is you're, you follow your gut and your instinct. And, you know, I think as creative people, that's just how we're wired, right? How, so a, a few things. One is how do you like working with your husband? <laughs> um, and I, and I asked that because obviously yeah. I have forever, not forever, but for a decade, um, and there's times I really do want to kill him. And, um, and there's times where I'm grateful for it. But I have a lot of friends like, you know, Monique Lulier has worked with her husband from day one. Like right. there's just, there's a lot of people yeah. where it really does work. So I'm, I want to know sort of, you know, the pros and cons, or is it just all one way or another? Well, it just, it, that, it was a very recent thing because it was during right. COVID when we were just home happened. together, just happened. Mm -hmm. I never in my life would ever have imagined this ever. Um, <laughs> so, you know, in terms of opening the store like that, we were very much like Todd was just handling the real estate and the stores and but then obviously then now having had opened 17 stores and the business has grown so much and just trying so to navigate all of that. You also, I think, realize like when you get to a certain point, like Todd knows me better than anyone and he knows what's going to be the best. I mean, I always say he's yeah. like the, my best executive assistant I could ever have. Like he was literally yes. here setting me up and doing all this stuff. So, um, <laughs> but so he knows me, you know, he knows That's all so of that. Cute. So I think... Well, when we first moved into, but then when we were during lockdown, it was like, I never worked. I've never, I don't, I'm not on calls with him. I won't do calls with him. I won't do Zooms. I won't do, like, it's very much, but when we were designing the stores together, we'd make sure we had everything set up that we would, for that, we would take our calls with our designers of the store, you know, choose all yeah. the finishes, choose all of that yeah. stuff. And then now I would say there's a little bit more crossover, but because I just, I'm so the creative and oversee all of that. And he really yeah. helps to oversee much more like operation, business, yeah, like new businesses, opportunity, things yeah. like that. And then we haven't opened a store in the last like six months. Thank gosh. Um, but he's yeah. definitely the one he's like going, pushing, like moving yeah. ahead. Um, so we just, I, now I see him in the office all the time because we moved into a beautiful new showroom, which you have to come see. 
uh, last so September, but he was literally working in my office. And I was like, okay, now this is like too much. You need to get your own office down the hall so that I'm not like, I know you want to see, he's like, don't you want to see me every second? The answer is no. Um, no, but like, know, I love you, but no. yeah, so it's very much, you know, we need to, it's figuring out the balance with the girls when we're traveling, sure. you know, they don't really like us to, they're very much in it and they know everything going on, but they don't want, yep. if we're having a business conversation, they can sit are like, stop yeah. fighting. We're not fighting. It, yeah. We're just having, it's hard. Yeah. So hard. I think we're still, that to me, that's always been the biggest yeah, challenge we're, is when to not talk about right, it, when to not talk about it because you're kind of always like, it's just like done. It's, like you need to, so we're figuring that part out. And being much yep. better, I think, just in terms of like leaving those conversations to when the girls go to bed or just when we're not with yeah. them. And because yeah. it's like, you know, often it's like not that we're arguing, it's just having a no, conversation. it's a conversation. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's and it's hard because your brain's always going. There's so much right. happening. Your brand is growing and it's like you want to talk about right, it. Exactly. And it's kind of awesome yeah. that it's your husband. Right, exactly. Because imagine if you were like calling someone else right, exactly. to talk about it. Yeah, so at the end, of the, I'm starting to realize that it's actually like he knows me better than anyone. And I know that I yeah. like what you said, like you can trust each yes. other so much. And yes. so yes. I think having that and when your business grows, all these things, it's really hard to find people that you trust you know, yes. through and through. And so, and that's the most important thing to be able to really rely on an amazing team and to help, you know, make the right decisions for you and, you know, know what you're capable of doing and not and pushing you in the right way. So all of that. Um, so what just sort of keeps you up at night? Oh my God. All of it. I'm like all of it, everything. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. So, I mean, it's still like whenever I'm whenever I have like a big shoot or I have something mm -hmm. like that the next day, I, I feel like my brain is constantly going because then I'm like looking at my vote, looking for inspiration here. Oh my God, I need to make sure I get that shot. Cause that, that's really where my heart and soul is like in the storytelling in these, you know, in all of the content that we're, you know, but, but I'm constantly thinking about all of that. So I think that for sure, that's what, um, the image. Yeah, it's like the, the image. image that that keeps me up. And then, you know, now we've started to do more, you know, we've started to get on the fashion calendar. So this is going to be our third, I guess our third fashion week. So during that Very time, exciting. that's like the most, I mean, that, forget it. Like you're- It's terrifying. Yeah, like that it's you're terrifying. just going because there's yeah. always a million things to think about and a no. million things that you're going to forget. And nobody knows everything that you need to keep in mind except for you really. So it's just like crossing off all those different boxes and making sure that like you're the one as like the creative head to make sure that it all gets done. Now, tell me about your most recent collab that launched today, yesterday. Yes, well, it, today. No, it yesterday, officially, tomorrow. It officially launches tomorrow, which is amazing. Oh my so God, when this so is, yeah, when August this is, 4th. August 4th. Um, August it's 4th. amazing. Love I went Shack into, Times Gap. Yes, Tell me. It's so good. And we, we shot Ciara for it and her, her son and daughter. She's the best. She's literally the best person. Like she's so beautiful. She's so she like talented, smart, sexy, like, like everything about her and just like her kids. So she was just the perfect, um, face of the campaign. And I'm so happy that it All came to be. And also she's like a tomboy, cool, yeah. She's not so yeah. girly, girly, which I love. And so this collection yeah. is very much like, I mean, if it was up to me, it would have had a hundred more ruffles and and like all that. And I'm sure. so, it, it's cool. Like it's very yeah. cool. It's, and it's for everyone. It's for the whole family. It's for 
you know, we have pieces for men, we have pieces for baby, we have accessories, we have, and also, and also just not like, I was at the gap at the Grove yesterday, which is amazing yesterday, showing the, Mm -hmm. the team there. And it's just, it really is just like easy. So yeah, taking like their icons and our icons, bringing them together. That ruffle mini skirt, we made one in like a floral with a little eyelet for them and really cute denim, like bustiers and dresses, the the denim jackets I love. And, you know, it's just, it's fun. It has, you can, if you're girly and you're feminine and you want to get that, there's plenty to get. And then if you also like also want want something Love Shack fancy and you're not so fan overly girly, you still have a million options. So it's cool to be, you know, I grew up with the gap. So it's like, it's fun. And I remember, yeah, it's iconic. It's totally iconic. Yeah. When my Scarlett, my 10 year old before she was like, really mom Gap, And now she's like, gap is just so iconic. I'm like, it's so iconic. (laughs) Like I, (laughs) so, you know, it's just all that same, like storytelling, getting like cool faith, cool ambassadors and, thinking outside the box. And I think it's a really fun, you know, we have like, it's fun to just keep on evolving when things get so, you know, that you get into routine. And so yeah, pink (laughs) and exactly like, thank gosh, it's not. And then came Barbie. Yeah. And then came Barbie. And then, but you know, even like, and in terms of our main line, like that's getting much more, we have a huge range that I need to show you everything because we have like incredible new design team and it's very evolved and it's like really now for going to be for all ages and the fabrications and the fits are like beautiful tailored pieces all seasons like it's really great so that launch is like mid-august which is going to be incredible so it's so really excited. just keeping in mind like all the ages of girls and women and all these because you know we realized having all these stores there's so many women that come in that are older and that are all ages and we we didn't really have enough to be able to offer everyone. So that's, right. you know, same. Like we had to, in terms of like, like they may want a sleeve. Of, they may yeah, want, they want like, a sleeve. They, yeah, want, yeah, they don't yeah, want yeah, something so roughly. They sure. want something easy. Right. So that's yeah. really where we're, you know, merchandising, like who it, it's so important. So like, these are all things that we've just, you know, we understand now as a business and we're being, you know, we're really moving forward in that direction to be able to have it for everyone. Cause it started off as, you know, what I wanted. And now it's really what, like, you know, what, what all of our customers and all of our audience wants. Um, well, which so is why we need the captain li- too. Every time I'm like, yes, a hundred, a hundred percent. I mean, it's clear to me that you're living your dream. You've worked incredibly hard for it. Do you ever dream beyond this moment or do you just live in every single moment and just go, okay, this is what it is now. This is what I'm thinking for this year. Like, da da da. or do you go, okay, in like five years from now, I hope to be doing X. Do you have that dream or do you just kind of like take each day? I mean, I definitely take each day, but I'm always thinking of everything where we have like an amazing new category that's launching in September, which we've been working on. So that's so exciting. And I am always, any, but I love to travel. Like, I mean, sitting, I'm yeah, here at the Beverly Hills. You like, really do. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I knew, this is my dream. Like, I want to have like a whole hotel like you know it's like all pink and dior now around yes. so i yes. i very yes. much think in terms of like lifestyle hospitality um i mean i'm like hotels restaurant like that's the whole yeah. i'm always thinking about that kind of thing so much more in terms of of many different ideas as opposed to just 
the clothing and, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think of Love Shack as a lifestyle brand. Right. Uh, 1000%. And yeah. I think, and like I said, it's because the brand is recognizable to a point where you walk into a hotel suite at whatever hotel right. and it's a Love Shack fancy suite. Yeah. Exactly. And you would know that. Right. And that's the dream, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, just outside looking in. And, you know, I'm obviously a fan. I adore you. Oh, I'm so you. impressed with you. you. You're amazing. Your family's the sweetest. And, thank you. you know, I mean, congrats a thousand times, but like, just, I feel like you haven't even weirdly scratched the surface of what you're going to do, but you know, I'm excited to see all of it and I'm here thank for it. Thank you. I'm cheering. I can talk I'm to cheering you for a hundred hours. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> I know. Can we, we need to just do this like weekly. Well, come home. I know. Come I home know. and um, I'll come and, over. And we will. Yeah. Come home and we will. And we have lots to do together and let's talk about okay. it. Okay. So. Amazing. I love you madly. Thank you so Congrats, much. Honey. Love you too. Seriously. You're the best. Thank you, Rachel. It's that time in the show when I answer two listener questions. So let's see what we have today. Do you consider yourself a content creator? And if so, what is your favorite part about making content? Interesting. Great question, actually. I don't know that I consider myself a content creator. The same way I really never considered myself a quote-unquote influencer. And I think that's maybe just because I am who I am. And I think I've just always been doing different iterations of brand expression. And I think now there's maybe a title for it, which is making content, but I don't think I would really put a label on myself as a content creator. Not that that's a bad thing. I think it's genius, but I think at that point, it's probably considered like your full-time job is creating content. And I would say that that is a part of my job and definitely not my full-time job if that makes sense. But certainly my favorite part about making content of any kind, I think, is having that ability to communicate my brand to more people and to also really connect with more people every time you know I put something out into the universe publicly. And also I think just trying to constantly be new and have new ideas and you know, new messaging about important things. So yeah, that would be my favorite, constant connection. Okay, the next question, very unrelated. Do you dress your boys or do they dress themselves? I would say Caius, 100% of the time I dress him. Although lately he's become obsessed with wearing suits because he thinks it's very gentlemanly. He likes dressing up, which I love. He's always been my little Prince Charming and all of a sudden he's really taken a liking to wearing suits. Um, which is funny and amazing. Skylar, I dress him most of the time, but I think now that he's starting seventh grade, he will be dressing himself for school. And I will probably have no say in it, but I kind of have a deal with Sky that like, when it matters, like if we're doing something nice, he'll let me choose it. Um, and then when he's just hanging out with his friends, he chooses it. So yeah. I don't want to hold him back from expressing himself the way he wants to, but I will say out of pure laziness, very often Sky will just be like, you pick it and tell me what to wear. I don't care. So there you go. Don't forget to submit your questions for next week's episode. All you have to do is DM us your questions to at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram, and I might just answer them. 
I want to thank Rebecca so much for coming on the podcast. She has truly built a real fashion empire. And, you know, I'm someone that has watched it from the outside. I've seen it from the inside. And I have to tell you that, you know, I said it in the episode. It's, it is the hardest thing, really, in the fashion industry. It is the hardest thing to create a brand and have it last and have it be successful, all while keeping the DNA of the brand, the true essence of the brand and the vision of the brand, the aesthetic of the brand, to really keep that true to who you are as the founder and the creative director. It, it's, it's really hard and to not get lost in the pull of what different retailers want and wholesale and it, it's, it's really a grind and it's really hard and it takes thick skin and it takes perseverance. And I can tell you that while Rebecca has grown up in fashion, she wasn't handed things. She built this really ground up and is still doing it and is really hands-on. And I have to say, she's just so impressive and she's a sweetheart and she loves her brand. She is her brand. And, you know, I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you want more Climbing in Heels content, follow me on at Rachel Zoe and at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things Curator. I'll see you all next week. Mwah. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Iberostar Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.